Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom. We are going to discuss the latest surrounding Michigan's offseason. Obviously, been pretty eventful so far. Uh, in other ways, it's been kind of uneventful. We'll talk about that as well uh, with the whole Jim Harbaugh situation. Michigan has a new defensive line coach. In Mike Elston from Notre Dame, that kind of put a ripple through the college football world yesterday. We're recording this on Friday, so Thursday afternoon, that big development happened. And then we'll we'll do a little thoughts on the roster uh, as it becomes a little more and more clear here uh, with guys leaving, some guys deciding to come back. Uh, Anthony, we are uh, day, what, 13, 14, whatever. John U. Bacon keeps tweeting of the, the Harbaugh watch. Nobody knows anything. We do know some things. But yeah, nobody knows exactly what's in his heart of hearts, but you look at all the breadcrumbs, you look at the actions. He always says, "Take me for my actions, you know, not you know, not going to say too much." The action of hiring Mike Elston I think was a big one when it comes to this Jim Harbaugh situation. He still hasn't signed a new deal at Michigan, so there's nothing really there, but he's under contract still. Uh, you know, he's a guy that that plays out his contracts it seems like. Um, but at the same time, Oakland Raiders play Saturday. And there's going to continue to be rumors and speculation until he maybe signs a new deal or the Oakland Raiders go in another direction. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back this week, uh, everybody. Anthony, uh, what do you have on all that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a loaded question, right? Uh, it has been – we're sitting here Friday. They have not played – Michigan has not played a football game in two weeks. The season's been over for two weeks now. Uh, the college football season has been over for four or five days at this point. Um Again, it's one of those things with Harbaugh where 
you know, there's the Las Vegas stuff that's out there. But other than that, throughout this NFL, you know, Black Monday was the big, um, you know, when the hammer falls, so to speak, when uh, I think a quarter of the league has openings, which is actually quite a bit. So you would think that if these NFL things were going to come to pass, that we probably would have something a little more concrete by now. Um, you know, knowing what we do about the Raiders and what like Chris Ballas has reported, like I said, again, to throw it back to whatever it was seven years ago, the Raiders are still in play here, I suppose, but you know, they're getting ready to play a playoff game. Um, like you said before, and we'll talk about the Mike Elston hire. I kind of just feel like this is Jim Harbaugh being Jim Harbaugh. He is his own guy. He marches to the beat of his own drum. I think there is probably part of him that goes, um, you know, what is my rush to sign anything or, or agree to anything? These people wanted me crucified and sent out of here last year. So like I said, um, until he's not here, I'm not, uh, I, I think it, until he's not here, we all just operate as it's business as usual. Uh, they have some big decisions to make. They've made a big one in Mike Elston. I can't wait to talk about that hire, but that's also a guy uh, when we talk about Elston and how it, is reading the tea leaves and, and looking into what could happen next here. A guy like that doesn't leave a place he's been for 12 years. Um, now, mind you, Mark, Marcus Freeman is a new coach at Notre Dame, probably wants to put his, his new spin on things, probably makes it a little more palatable to step away. Uh, but Mike Elston had spent the last 18 years with Brian Kelly and the last 12 years uh, at Notre Dame. So the fact that that guy makes that jump to fill this position at Michigan it kind of seems like it would come with the assurances that Jim Harbaugh is not going anywhere. And even if he does, he's going to get paid a lot of money to, you know, be a pretty key assistant on this, on this, uh, on the staff. So like I said, I don't think anything has really changed on the Harbaugh front. I really do think he is kind of, there was the video that was uh, from that. Uh, what was the, uh, the bear Bryant award down in Houston yep. the other day where there was, again, I'm a big body language guy and someone had asked him about the NFL rumors and, um, Harbaugh had said something along the lines of, yeah, you know what? They're a little more enjoyable this year because we know what last year was. And he kind of gave a little smirk at the end. And Jim Harbaugh is not, um, I don't know, in terms of being a body language guy, I don't think he's that hard to read. I do think that he's kind of, there is kind of a, uh, you know, oh, how, how the tables have turned type of attitude with, with how he's taking this How situation. the turntables. Yeah. That's right. That's where I was going with that, but I said the right thing anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I it, it, I don't think anything's going to change. I think that everything that needs to be ironed out on Michigan's end is ironed out. A lot of people that that we've heard from have said it's ready to go. Like I don't know why it hasn't been signed yet. They've they've ironed out all the issues and some of the, the assurances that are need moving forward. It's just a matter of when do we announce this thing. But you know, as we record here, um, you know, there's that that coaches event in Lansing where Mike Elston is there in a his. Michigan 1997 leather jacket. So Elston is there. I assume that uh, his head coach will follow him at some point. And I'd have to think it's, it, you know, I have to think sooner rather than later, we're going to get some kind of closure on this, but it's as the off season turns, that's my long diatribe on all of this, I guess. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And Harbaugh is, uh, I guess, doing a meet and greet with high school coaches there. Yeah. They couldn't even get Elston any jump man gear in time. I mean, come on. He probably came right from South Bend. <laughs> But you're right. I well, mean, throwback, throwback gear is in uh, it's in demand these days. So it's true. I know. I'd I'd probably you know I would take one of those jackets from '97. That's pretty iconic. So yeah, Mike. You know, Mike Elson. I know it's his alma mater, as you mentioned. I know that you know Michigan. No matter what, would be a great job. But the fact that those two sat down 
uh, you know, or spoke over the phone or on Zoom or, you know, however it worked. And Jim Harbaugh offered him a job, you know, highly likely that he posed the question, are you going to be here? Uh, you know, in fact, uh, you know, strong indications that that conversation took place. So, you know, Jim Harbaugh is a guy that, you know, likes to be taken at his word. Maybe why he's dragging his feet, I guess, maybe not might not be the right word, but just kind of, you know, being a little patient and, and maybe not signing anything uh, with Michigan, showing that, you know, I'm committed to being here. You don't have to keep asking me or whatever. Uh, at the same time, I mean, he has shot down NFL rumors in the past, so there is precedent for this. Uh, but he's also decided to do this in the past as well and just kind of be silent on it. So either way, uh, he stayed. So there wouldn't be precedent. You know, I guess there would be precedent either way, but uh, he's never left Michigan. So we don't know what that would look like. Uh, could look like this. You know, maybe we'll never know. But, uh, you know, it seems like it's trending in that direction. Mike Elston, though, let's let's kind of dive into that hire. As we alluded to, former Michigan Wolverine, outside linebacker from 19. 19- 93 to 96, then was a student assistant for that year in 1997, was a video assistant uh, in 98, and then the next two years was a grad assistant. As you mentioned, then uh, he kind of cut his teeth there with Brian Kelly, moving along with him up the ranks from Central Michigan to Cincinnati to Notre Dame for the last 12 years, has been an integral part of Brian Kelly's staff. Uh, Word on the street is he had an offer to come be the defensive line coach there at LSU, Decided to stay in South Bend, work under Marcus Freeman, who he gets along with really well. Was the interim defensive coordinator for the Fiesta Bowl. And then really even after that, it was announced he's not going to get the defensive coordinator job full time. But he still said he wanted to remain in South Bend. He likes his family being there and all that. So despite that, Michigan had a good enough offer. And again, all that lends more credence to the theory that Jim Harbaugh's staying. Um Despite that, he wanted to come home, become the fourth member on the Michigan coaching staff that is a former Michigan player. Um, Man, I think this hire has Michigan fans excited. I was talking to Mike Singer, uh, our colleague at blueandgold.com, who covers Notre Dame. He said this one really stings for Notre Dame players who have expressed some, uh, you know, disbelief in this move, some from fans that were ripping uh, Michigan fans on their message board 24 hours before saying, they're delusional. There's no way they're getting Mike Elston. Uh, so it, it's really put a shock in the Notre Dame community. And looking over there, if you're a Michigan fan, it makes you feel even better about the kind of hire the Wolverines made. Yeah, typically when you have these type of reactions from fan bases, especially when a guy's on the way out the door, you can tell a lot about how you know how guys are viewed based on what the fans are saying about them. And when they're shocked and when they resort to, you know, um, taking shots at Michigan or, or taking, shot, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, that's, this one stings for them. And you look at the, the track record and you get it. I mean, this is a guy that wasn't only a defensive line coach. He had coached the linebackers uh, for a couple of years from 2015 and 2016. He was, I believe their recruiting coordinator or had some kind of key recruiting role over the last, uh, the number of seasons there. He had a hand in special teams. He's uh, he was the associate head coach the last four years or so. This guy is one of the most respected and, and longest tenured assistant coaches that there were in the country. And we talk about how it lends credence to the idea that Jim Harbaugh is coming back to Michigan. Like, I think we feel pretty confidently in that. But it also, we talk about those assurances with what this needs to look like for Michigan moving forward. It is a, an increased assistant coaching pool. And if you're going to secure a guy like that, who again, 
uh, he he down, you know, he let the LSU overtures play themselves out, decided to stay, um, you know, was so steadfast about staying in South Bend and then gets that type of offer and, and goes to Michigan. It lead, you know, he's going to make more money than probably his predecessor did. And Sean Nua. and you look at the track record of the NFL guys, and, and we'll get into that uh, in a little bit here, but you know, this is a move that, um, you know, a guy I'm sure has aspirations. Like I said, he's been there for 12 years. I'm sure he would love to be a coordinator at some point. And uh, it might also speak to the fact, I mean, let's call a spade a spade here. Um, you know, our site has reported that Mike McDonald has been getting some overtures from um, from other schools, uh, namely his, his alma mater. So it's one of those things too, where like you can see a plan in place now where if let's just say Mike McDonald was to go, uh, I think in the here and now, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think if everyone's going to get a raise out of this new Harbaugh deal, I think McDonald probably gets one and stays for at least another year. But let's just say he does bolt. Now you've got a guy in Elston who you can, you know, he's been an associate head coach. You can probably elevate him to co-defensive coordinator. And that's the guy who runs your defense with Steve Klinkscale. So no matter what, how these scenarios play themselves out here, I mean, the short and long-term ramifications of this hire are, it's a good one. And then Michigan, I mean, this is, this is a heist. This is a heist for Michigan. Um, not only with the Elston's avail- uh, ability to develop talent at multiple positions, but also, you know, he's, he's one of the better recruiters at his position uh, in college football as well. And you go, I mean, I'm sure that EJ and Tim and you guys will, will break down at some point, some of those 2023 guys that you might be able to get back in on because you have a guy like Elston on staff. He's the complete package and he's going to be paid well and he's going to get a cushy title. And he's going to, like I said, with that defensive line up front, uh, feel pretty strong. I think it'll be pretty strong next year still, but um, you know, you feel like it gets a little bit stronger when you add a voice like this to your coaching staff. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the, the whole Mike McDonald thing. Obviously he's going to be in high demand. He's already one of the highest paid coordinators. Um, in the country, I think, oh, you know, over a million. I think he's at 1.1. He'll probably get a raise, as you mentioned. I think he got some sort of bonuses based on how well Michigan did and some statistics and potentially winning the Big Ten and things like that as well. I'd have to look at that again. But uh, on top of that, you expect a raise. Uh, but, yeah, let's say he did He did go. You know, I think Mike Elston probably had that conversation with Jim Harbaugh as well, a potential upward trajectory at Michigan, whereas at Notre Dame, he was there under Brian Kelly for 12 seasons and never became the defensive coordinator. He got an offer from Brian Kelly to go to LSU, not as the defensive coordinator. And then Marcus Freeman tries him out as defensive coordinator, but says, no, we're going to hire somebody else. So maybe he just kind of sat back there, uh, you know, after getting a call, initial call from Jim Harbaugh and said, hey, uh, there's just kind of not that path for me. Like I can stay here and do the same thing, or I can go to a play, a, a place where I have a ton of roots and, you know, where there is that chance potentially, or maybe it's somewhere else. But uh, I think it's a new challenge for Mike Elson that he uh, is certainly excited about already rocking that 1997 leather jacket uh, at the uh, Michigan High School Football Coaches Association convention uh, clinic this week, which is a great event, by the way. Um, With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So let's talk about those NFL guys because you did a great story on the Wolverine.com today uh, about the guys he's developed. And man, a lot of familiar names, including Julian Okora, one of my favorite Detroit Lions. Um, but yeah, lots of talent, both at linebacker when he was linebackers coach there for a stretch at Notre Dame. Uh, and defensive line, of course, he sent five defensive linemen to the NFL draft over the last three drafts. Uh, so pretty, pretty impressive stuff there. And then you mentioned the recruiting trail. Just real quick, I mean, he has two five-star guys in 2023 committed, guys that are at the top of Michigan's board as well. And, and like you said, Tim and EJ have already had some stuff up at the Wolverine.com on that. Keon Keeley and Brendan Vernon, uh, those are some stud guys. Uh, Keon Keeley is the number four player in the country. Keep an eye on that. Uh, Mike Singer, Blue and Gold, told me that those have got to be the first two calls he makes as soon as he you know, officially becomes Michigan's defensive line coach. So this guy knows how to get talent. And uh, you know some of these guys in the NFL he produced, three-star guys. Some of them were four and five. But either way, he's been able to get them to that next level. Uh, you did that rundown. What, what did you take away? A lot of guys. I mean, it's uh, uh, you know, math is not my strong suit, but in counting the guys that were there, like you said, the five over the last couple drafts here, um, you know, he sends guys to the league. And that is what, when when we talk about, you know, rewind back two weeks ago, when you see what is the difference between a team like Georgia and Michigan? One, it's recruiting, but it's also your recruits have to turn into something. And Georgia was better than Michigan because it's going to send a lot of guys to the NFL off of that defense. And like I said, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't all have to be first rounders. Uh, Michigan's actually been pretty fortunate in that, um, you know, you're going to have two first round pass rushers that come off the board this year, but you know, they've sent guys in the second and third round and um, guys have gone higher in the draft. It's kind of been a bit of a pass rush factory. So like I said, I, I can't, it's hard to, you know, put that and, and Mike Elston's um, his aptitude for developing talent into the same bucket and say, wow, this is about to explode and take off even higher. But you know, what it does tell you is that it, it seems like there won't be any drop-off there. And actually, when you look at guys on the interior of the defense, which honestly, I mean, when you look at these last couple drafts for Michigan, have they even sent, I mean, someone can shoot this down. Outside of Chris Hinton this year, who who knows if he even gets drafted, um, they haven't really had much interior talent that they've sent to the NFL draft in a couple of years. It's been since Maurice Hurst. Yeah. I was going to say last guy drafted was Hurst. I mean, they sent guys that, you know, wound up being undrafted, right? Like Carlo and, you know, guys right. like that, but it's, it's just a different caliber of play, yes. right? Like I'm looking, yes. I'm looking here at, you know, Lewis Nix, who was a third round pick and uh, Sheldon day. was a fourth round pick. Like, yeah, defensive tackles, unless you're, you know, Aaron Donald, you don't go super high. So if you're going, in the third round, in the in the in the fourth round, in those mid rounds, wherever it is, that's that's a good you know that's a good prospect. That's a rock solid prospect, and a lot of those defensive tackle type guys start at this level. So, you know, um, just to run down the names, and even I went back to Central Michigan because you know I'm an alum. Fire up chips and all that. Uh, yep. Dan uh was a defensive end, 26 and a half tackles for loss, tied a MAC record with 16 sacks in 2005, I believe it was. He was a second round pick. You even go back to Cincinnati. I mean, he was a special teams coordinator there. Kevin Huber um, was a was a two time All American and is still punting for the Cincinnati Bengals. Marty Gilliard was a two time you know Big East special teams player of the year. So you know you look at every position he's had a hand, and even when he moved to linebackers at Notre Dame, 
big hand in developing Jalen Smith, who was a monster in that 2015 season. Um, you know, every position that he's been in, every group that he goes to, or that he's, you know, he has that effect on people. So, like I said, I mean, again, it's it's no disrespect to Sean Nua, but um, this is just a different caliber of position coach based on, you know, the accolades and what they brought in. And like I said, he was, he was, you know, hesitate to say Brian Kelly's right-hand man for 18 years, but he was with him every step of the way. And like I said, this is a, for, as far as a position coach goes, like this is a home run hire in every sense of the word. No doubt. Uh, Brian Kelly noted Southerner, you know, obviously that's one of the few differences between those two guys, but my family, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I mean, you're right. And you know, it, it is incredible to see the talent that he has sent to the NFL at all those positions and, you know, second round guys, third round guys, not, you know, seventh round or, or undrafted type of guys. And then guys that you recognize in the league, uh, you know, that have played big roles for, for several years here. Uh, so a huge hire for Michigan. And uh, I think he has his, you know, work cut out for him this season. Uh, at the same time, there's talent in that room, but when you lose David Ajabo, when you lose Aiden Hutchinson, when you lose Chris Hinton now, uh, it's going to be a big challenge, I think, for Mike Elston to, you know, I don't think the defensive line, it's really even possible to be as good as it was last year, given what they're losing. But he's got some, you know, holes to plug. I think he's the right guy to get there. He has some young talent that he can develop, uh, you know, as well and get those guys ready for the future. I think he's probably your best shot. And like you said, no disrespect to Sean Nua at all. I, I was a little higher on him than some fans that, you know, complained about, uh, some of the things with the defensive line over the last couple of years. But I think Mike Elston is, as you said, an upgrade. And probably when you're going into an offseason where the one of the top things on your to-do list is to kind of, you know, revive that defensive line room after it got gutted a little bit from the NFL, which is a good thing because you have great talent there last year. Um, Mike Elston's probably a better guy to do it. So I think you feel a little bit better about that. Um, so, yeah, the roster becoming a little more clear. He's got his work cut out there. I think, you know, the defensive backfield, when you lose three out of your four starters, that's going to be tough. Again, there's talent there that you expect to step up. Offensively, I mean, it's it's basically it's basically the same skill, guys. You know, potentially a new quarterback at J.J. McCarthy, that battle will rage on. And then you look at the offensive line, maybe an upgrade at center in Olu, Olu Watimi. Andrew Stuber, as we expected, is gone, but you have a battle brewing there between Trent A. Jones and Carson Barnhart. I think you feel pretty good about the offensive side. The defensive side, there's some hesitancy, uh, you know, and I think that that they're going to have to work hard to get themselves, and it's going to look different. It's not going to be leaning on your edge rushers as much, but I think the secondary could be uh, better when you look at cornerback, you know, if DJ Turner continues his his trajectory. So you're going to have to find other ways to be, you know, an elite defense. Um, And I'm not saying they're going to get there to that elite status, but if you're really good in some other, you know, area, that can mask some of the holes you have up front or something like that. So your thoughts on the roster as a whole is, uh, you know, guys are starting to make those decisions. Yeah. I'm glad we're talking about this because we were sort of doing the deep dive, not, not the super deep dive, but we've been doing the rundown for the magazine, which again, uh, get that plug in there too. Definitely check out the February edition that will be out soon. Uh, we're still working pretty hard on putting that together, but you know, when you look at what the strengths and weaknesses of this team are next year, like it's pretty apparent, like, Let's let's call it like it is. The offense was good and was balanced this year. Uh, it's going to have to shoulder more of the load. And I think for me, a lot of that revolves around, 
you know, when your offense has to shoulder more of the load, your quarterback has to shoulder more of the load. So this offseason, and this isn't me going one way or another with McNamara McCarthy, we'll have those conversations over the next, God. Yeah, we got months. nine months or eight months, months or whatever. <laughs> we'll be milking that one for all it's worth. Um, but the biggest, like, it just, every everyone has to do a little bit more there together. Um, and that starts with your quarterback. That battle is going to be, like I said, I don't, I can't say I don't care who wins the battle, um, but whoever comes out of that is going to, it's going to be as earned as it's ever been. Right. So we'll see what happens there. I feel pretty good about what they have offensively. Defensively, you're right. It's going to look different. It's not going to be, you know, it's funny when we talked to Mike McDonald, one of the first times in fall camp this year, it was, you know, someone asked him what his, some, what his terminology was like in terms of pass rushers. He's like, uh, I, I call them, I call them pass rushers. I want them to go rush the passer. Um, it's not going to be as simple as just going, Hey, Aiden, go get after him. Or, Hey, David, go get after him. They're going to have to probably manufacture a little, some more things this year. Um, I really think at all three levels of the defense, exploring the transfer portal and seeing if there's a fit somewhere, not even to, for a starter, just for depth's sake. Um, I think that's something worth exploring at every level, but namely in the pass rush. I mean, if you can find someone who's been, moderately productive somewhere i think that would help i mean think of a you know a mike dana level of acquisition i think would be helpful for them um you know going back to a couple of years ago but yeah it's gonna look different um you know i've been i've been t- i tackled the, the first position rundown that i tackled for this magazine that we're putting out is the defensive line and you see a lot of guys that yeah you recognize from the recruiting trail they were four-star guys or guys that we've heard the staff likes but I mean, you, you just don't replace 25 sacks. There's not someone waiting in the wings to do that. So it's a big off season for those guys. But I also think it's a, you know, that's again, we, we tie it all back to Elston. He's going to squeeze every drop he can out of that group. And and then I want to correct something I said on Nua a little bit. I think, you know, Nua had been sort of polarizing at Michigan. I think what we saw this year is that it makes a difference when you have Mozzie Smith and Chris Hinton developed and playing well, as opposed to, having to resort to pay Ben Mason at defensive tackle or things like that, like talent and, and players. And, and that he was handcuffed too. a bit there for, for he was, I mean, let's, they didn't recruit that position very well. And that's why you haven't had a guy in the interior that's gone in the draft since, uh, since Maurice Hurst, that's on paper. That's not a hot take. That's, I mean, that is what it is there. And I do think things are getting better there. I mean, I, I really talking about this defensive line rundown. I really like what they're bringing in, uh, in this class. It probably will take some time to, develop but you know overall i think offensively gonna have to do more i'm confident they can because there's gonna be continuity there um defensively is where the question marks come in and that's where it's gonna be a challenge for these guys but again with what i mean if we step back and objectively take a look at this do we have more questions about this defense going into this year than we did about the defense going into last year because last year was a complete scheme change and we can't forget what we saw in 2020. So that's going to be one of those things where they have questions, but I also think they're operating more out of a position of strength this year and they'll be able to figure that out. I agree. It'll be interesting to see how the transfer portal shakes out. If they do make any additions there, they're at 91 scholarships as it stands right now, still waiting on decisions from some guys that have like a year of eligibility left, still waiting on uh, some guys that could potentially transfer. Remember Joe Milton transferred, in February, late February, I think the day before spring ball last year. So there is still the potential for some attrition there. Uh, we'll we'll uh, continue to monitor the roster as uh, as we go forward here. But good 
discussion on all things Michigan football. Uh, to continue that discussion, join us on the Fort, our premium message board at thewolverine.com. One dollar gets you an entire year of premium access over at the Wolverine. So all the premium articles, insider updates, message board access with thousands of Michigan fans. Uh, so go and do that right now. It's plastered on the front page. So uh, you can't miss it, and uh, we will see you over there. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.